Father, I just thank you for, uh, Lord, just this opportunity to be here tonight. Uh, God, I pray that this time would just be a time of uh, learning. pray that we all take away something from this time here together. And uh, we pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so a um, couple of things that take place just right before our story. We actually see uh, that Jesus takes his, his, his closest three, Peter, James, and John, up, to, up a mountain. Uh, Jesus is transfigured before them, or his appearance has changed. And we see that while this is taking place, Moses and Elijah show up. Um, and if you were with us this morning, uh, Pastor... Uh, gosh, I messed up his name this morning, called him Chris, and it is Justin. So Pastor Justin told us a great thing about Peter, that he suffered from foot and mouth. Um, and Peter has that again, and he says, Lord, it's good that we're all here. Let me build a tent for the three of you. Um, and then uh, the father talks from heaven and basically tells him, zip it, like just enjoy the moment. Um, and then as they're making their way down the mountain, we actually see that the rest of the disciples, they're arguing amongst this crowd. Uh, we see that in this crowd, there's a father. He has a son with him. And his son has this unclean spirit about him. And the disciples are actually trying to cast out this unclean spirit, and they cannot. And that's actually where our story takes place, um, or where our story begins. So uh, this is our story from God's Word. And it says, And when the disciples brought the boy to Jesus, and when the spirit saw Jesus, immediately it convulsed the boy so that he fell on the ground, rolling about and foaming at the mouth. So Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has this been happening? So the boy's father said, from childhood, often it has thrown him into fire or into water to destroy him. So if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said, if you can, all things are possible for the one who believes Immediately, the boy's father said, well, I believe, help my unbelief. So when Jesus saw that a great crowd was running towards them, he rebuked the spirit and said, you mute and unclean, or you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of the boy and never enter him again. So the spirit convulsing the boy and crying out with a loud voice came out. And the boy was like a corpse. And most of the people who saw him said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, picked him up, and the boy arose. Then when Jesus entered into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast out the spirit? So Jesus told them, this one cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. And that is our story for tonight. Do you want to shut the door? Thanks, Jason. Um, So now with that, I'm hoping we can find a volunteer that might be willing to tell back the story for us, and I'll help you start out the story if you'd like. Is there anyone who might be willing? I don't know if on the announcements, if anyone said that we were doing a story tonight, but we are doing a story, and I am looking for volunteers. You want to do it, Heather? Okay. Would you like me to start it out for you? Yeah, so it said, When the disciples brought the boy to Jesus, and when the Spirit saw Jesus, he convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground, rolling about.
can you help the Lord? And Jesus said, um, of course, those who believe um, can be helped. Um, and yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, I'm going to jump around. Uh, Jesus said, pray, or, you know, said to the demons or, or the spirit to come out of the boy. Um, and the boy um, fell to the ground. They're convulsing and everything stopped. The boy fell to the ground. The um, crowd gathered. Um, the disciples asked him, how come we couldn't do that? <laughs> um, and he told him uh, that it was done, if you, you, you could, it was done through prayer. Yeah, okay, great job. The first, time I was, the first time I was asked to teach this story, I was like, I have to do all that? So you did very good. Yeah, your hand, for those of you who weren't looking, her hand motions were on, on point. So um, now, so if, if you guys will, hopefully we can now do this as a team effort. We can all tell it together. I think that'd be fun for us. Um, and then I'll probably throw a couple questions and maybe a curveball in there for you to see how well we were all paying attention. Um, so our story begins, it says, when the disciples brought the boy to Jesus, immediately the uh, spirit convulsed the boy, and then something was happening to him after um, he started convulsing. Does anyone remember? Yes, he was foaming at the mouth, and something else happened too. Fire? Yeah. The fire comes later. I like that you remember fire, Jason. So it says, our story says that he was rolling about on the floor and was foaming at the mouth, and Jesus asked the boy's father a question. Does anyone remember what that question was? Yes. Yeah, so how long has this been happening? So the boy's father said since, or he said from childhood, often the unclean spirit has thrown him into fire or into water to do what? To, yeah, to destroy him. So the boy's father then says, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and, what was the next thing he says? I think I heard a couple whispers. I just need more confidence. Help us. Yes. So if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So Jesus says, if you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. And the boy's father said, yeah, I believe. All right. Start making miracles happen. Oh, gosh. I get. Okay. So I'm sorry. Yeah. So he says, I believe. Help my unbelief. Thank you. You guys are good at this. So then our story says when that Jesus saw that a great crowd was running toward them. So Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and said, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you to do something. Um, gee golly, what was it? Yeah, so come out of him and never enter him again. So the spirit convulsed the boy once more and cried out with a loud voice and the unclean spirit came out and the boy laid there like... Um, a corpse, thank you. That was the kids, the kids in VBS. That was their favorite part. Um, so he laid there like a corpse, and most of the people who saw him said, he is dead. But then something special happened. Does anyone remember? Yes. So Jesus grabbed him by the hand, picked him up, and the boy arose. And then our story goes on from there. It says, when Jesus entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast out the spirit? And Jesus said, this one cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. prayer. Cool. All right. So that's our story. We're going to continue to go through it now. And I think I just want to talk about the first section. Uh, oh, we got time. Um, 
Yeah, we got plenty of time, uh, I think. I don't have the little back thing going over there, so I don't remember what time we started, but we'll try and keep this at a reasonable pace for everybody. So our story begins um, just really briefly. Our story says that they, they brought the boy to Jesus, the disciples. When the unclean spirit saw Jesus, immediately he convulsed the boy. He fell on the ground, rolling about and foamed at the mouth. Jesus asked, how long had this been happening? And the boy's father said, since childhood, often has thrown him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So then Jesus said, if you believe, all things are possible for the one who believes. I think we'll just stop there. I think that's a good stopping point for us. Um, Now, before we go more into this story, I'd like to maybe ask this question. I wonder what it might have been like for this father to have to care for his son who had an unclean spirit in him. What might that have been like um, for a, a life of a father like that? Okay, why do you think that would be challenging? Like he's trying to kill him, hurt himself, he's trying to injure himself, so safety. Sure, okay, so hard to be, keep your, safe, your, your child safe. Frustration. Okay, why frustration? What do you mean? Who said frustration? Over time. Oh, okay. And taking care of somebody with a serious situation like that and the care that he obviously sometimes falls into the inability of the the one, the desire, but he continues to do so. Okay. Yeah, so just the, the continued poured in uh, care and time that that would need. So that could be very frustrating over time. Um, anyway. I think you feel helpless. Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it would, you, it would feel like at times it's like, yeah, there's, he keeps throwing himself on a fire. I don't know what to do to change that. Um, so um, I think with all those things in mind, that's a good place to take us now more into the story. Um, but now let's talk about this. So the fact that the boy's father, one goes to the disciples and then by extension goes to Jesus for help, can that maybe tell us anything about the heart of the father, that that's who he's seeking help from? Okay. Sure. Believer in what's be in the. Hopefully, Jesus or the disciples can help him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So a believer in Jesus. We're not like believers in magic. Um, no, I'm just teasing you. Um, okay. What else can we maybe learn about this father? He might have been desperate. He's probably they were probably shunned from many different places, and he tried everything. I'm guessing and this would be. Maybe even a last resort, just one more thing to try. So he may not have been all that convinced it would help, but he tried anyway. Absolutely, yeah. Like, hey, we've heard, we've tried everything, every normal means. We've heard about this guy, Jesus. Maybe something will be different about him. So, yeah, that's a good observation. I like that. Yes? I guess it would be the family would have been ostracized because the, they wouldn't have been allowed to go to the synagogue mm-hmm. um, because there's an unclean spirit in the family. Sure. So, yeah, so now by extension, the whole family's guilty. Yeah, that, that's true. That probably would affected them as well. Yes? I believe he was broken hearted. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Broken hearted and going to the, the right person to fix hearts. Um, now, let's maybe talk about the, I think, this side of the story. And I, I, 
this is something I don't think we often think about. But as the disciples are now trying to help um, this boy prior to Jesus' arrival, do you think that have any impact on them that they would have essentially been answerless for this boy and the father? Would that have any effect on them as they're trying to problem solve? Might have helped the perspective that they have to keep relying on God even though they've been gifted with healing and all that stuff. They Ultimately, it's not their power and sometimes they can't do it and it's always relying on God. Okay. So there's an authority and just because you're given authority, there's that doesn't mean you have all the right answers. Okay. I like that. Anybody else? I think it would have been stressful for the disciples because if they were able to heal people before and now they can't, like that's really stressful. Like, why, why can't I? Sure. Yeah, like we've done this before, we'll do it again. And you're like, I forgot how to, I, well, I don't know, we, this is what we did last time. Um, so I'm sure someone's like, didn't you write down instructions? And you're like, yeah, I forgot them. Um, so that could have been difficult. Um, uh, going on from there, we also see that, the, that Jesus now poses this question. He says, how long has this been happening the boy, or the boy's father said, since childhood often has thrown him into fire and into water to destroy him. Uh, but if you can do anything, uh, have compassion on us and help us. Now, for the boy being in, in these kind of circumstances, uh, do you think that... Uh, let me, actually, no, I don't want to ask a big question. Dave would be not happy. Um, let me pose this a better way. Um, could there maybe have... Oh, actually, let me say it like this. Uh, in regards to, I guess, options that were available to the boy and the father, uh, could they have made other choices as to maybe where to look for help? I know we talked a little bit earlier that they might have been ostracized or, like, cast out from certain things, but might there be other options for them? They could have gone to dark magic or something like from other, other religions. Sure. Yeah, okay, so see a crazy witch doctor? Um, yeah, people may, may go there for help. Where else can they possibly, what other choices are available to them? Medication. Medication? Sure. Okay, so some pharmaceuticals, if you will, see if they can, like, kind of nullify some of the, the aspects of it. Hmm? Yeah, okay, so some natural medicines. Okay, yeah, so the boy's in misery, we have no answers for it, let's, let's do the, the best that we can to help him, and then the rest of us can move on. Sure, okay. But, our story says that they don't do any of those things, but rather, they go to Jesus uh, for help. So, might that tell us a little bit more about this father, um, and I guess also the son, that they seek out Jesus for help? Mm-hmm. Okay. We've heard Jesus is a healer. They have hope. Sure. Yeah, they haven't run out of that yet. That's kind of encouraging. 
I haven't run out of hope yet. The Father loves the Son. Sure, okay. The Father loves the Son, so he's still willing to make these sacrifices, um, even if they might seem a little, like, outside the normal means of help. Yeah. Yes? Um, they need a miracle, and they've heard Jesus perform miracles. Yeah, okay. So, now, at this point, that's all they've got left, it sounds like. Yeah, I and mean, when you put it like that, it really sounds like the best option. Um, <laughs> So they need a miracle, and Jesus performs miracles. So how, how could you not beat those odds, uh, or not like those odds? So, um, well, let's do this. Going on, I want to keep going through our story. Um, now, our father gives this response to Jesus at one point. He says, um, uh, the, Jesus, um, well, actually, that's in our next part of the story. So let me actually recap just a little bit of the next part of the story. So the father says to Jesus, he says, I believe... Help my unbelief. And then our story says that uh, uh, Jesus saw that a great crowd was running together uh, towards them. So Jesus rebuked the spirit and said, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of the boy and never enter him again. And the spirit convulsing the boy and crying out once more with a loud voice came out. And the boy was like a corpse. And most of the people who saw him said, well, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, picked him up. And the boy arose, and when Jesus went into the house privately, his disciple, or when Jesus went into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast out the spirit? And Jesus said, this one cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Okay. So uh, we get this really interesting response from the father, and he says, I believe, help my unbelief. Uh, now, I'd like to spend some time maybe talking about what that means or what that might mean to the, to the Father um, in, in our story. But can we maybe learn more about the Father in his response to Jesus that he says, I believe, but help my unbelief? What might that tell us about him? Logan. He's honest. He's honest. Okay. On it, uh, give me m- more explanation. He didn't like saying, I'm completely faithful or he's completely faithful. Okay, so not being around the bush and kind of saying like I I have some faith in this, but I, I'm I'm not totally sure. Okay, what else can we maybe learn about this father? He says, "I believe." Help my unbelief. He has some skepticism, but he wants he wants to get past that and fully believe. Okay. Kind of skeptical, or yeah, skeptical about the situation. Where, where might that skepticism be coming from? Failure previously. Fe- okay, so previous failures. Yep. Okay. Yes. He knows he's just human. Sure. Yeah, he knows he's just human. Uh, well, I, I, well, actually, so what do you mean? give me more? Can you explain that a little bit more to me? I, I think I know what you mean, but. You can tell within himself that he's just just nobody. Okay. Yeah. So he's only there's only so much he can do as a father, right? Um, so he has this. Uh, so he has this. He says, "I believe." I help my unbelief. So let's maybe try and do this. What what might be that belief 
that he has? What's that belief he's holding on to? If he's got belief and unbelief, can we uh, maybe identify what those aspects might be for this father? Oh, okay. So he knows that Jesus is capable. Will it? Will Jesus do it? Okay. I like that. He believes in God, but maybe he's not convinced that Jesus is the Messiah. So he wants. Maybe he's going there with hope that he is, but he still has that skepticism. Sure. Okay. I like that. Anyone else? You could have something in theory without it being totally rooted in your heart where you would bet a million percent on it. So maybe he was asking for a deep heart change to what he had in his head to transfer to his heart. Okay, sure. And then you had something as well? Yeah, perhaps he felt he didn't have enough beliefs that maybe he needed a big belief in order for this thing to work. Okay. Confessing that to the Lord. Like you said, it was honest. Sure. Yeah, so maybe the Father's coming from a place of like, Lord, I, I may not have been a faithful man all my life, but uh, I, I'd like to say that I have the faith in you to make this happen now, uh, and, and I'm, I'm scared for my boy. Um, so yeah, that could, be, that could be part of it as well. Um, now, uh, the next interesting thing here we see in our story, it says that um, this crowd was coming towards them, so Jesus rebukes this spirit. He says, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you. Come out of the boy and never enter him again. Now, can this this little interaction here between Jesus and this unclean spirit or this this demon, uh, depending on what translation you read out of, it might be demon. But can this interaction between these two tell us anything about, say, Jesus? He can command the spirits. He commands spirits. Okay. I think someone said powerful. Powerful. Yep. Good to know that the person we worship can command unclean spirits to do these things, and they, they, they'll listen to it. Uh, yes? A lot of times his miracles are private, just between the person that's being healed and himself almost. You know, he doesn't do a lot of things publicly. Some things he does. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times he doesn't want the attention. He just healed the boy. Because when he did it, the crowd was starting to come. He didn't want the whole crowd around. Sure. And he didn't want attention on him. He just wanted the, or on the miracle. Yeah, okay. So he's seeking out the, the betterment of the boy. Not everybody's watching the... Because a lot of people came to him just to see miracles. Mm-hmm. Not because he was the son of God. They wanted to see the miracles. Sure. So there's some seeking out a show. And there are some that are like this father, maybe seeking out true help. And Jesus is more concerned about that, that true hope. Thank you for that. Um, now, if we continue on to go throughout this, this story, um, right at the very end, uh, we see that Jesus says, we're talking about this unclean spirit. Jesus entered the house privately, or entered the house, and the disciples asked privately, which I, I think that was funny that they had to pull him aside to ask. But they say, why could we not cast out the spirit? And he said, this one cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. So I'd like to ask this. Um, what does this maybe tell us as believers the power that we hold in regards to prayer? Does that maybe tell us anything about ourselves and how powerful prayer is in this story? You have the power through God to pray and get our answer 
Okay, so we have the power to, to ask on the Lord. Yes? It changes things. Yeah, absolutely it changes things, yes. Yes? Yes, it does. So it's kind of like maybe just the same. It's not just you have to pray now, but if you were praying in the past over and over just for God's coming and come upon it would have helped now as opposed to just now. Oh, there's a spirit. We need God to help fix it. Yeah, okay. So prayer and then continue praying. Um, thank you. I like that. Um, I think oftentimes there's this mindset if we can pray once and then be done with it. Um, but I think there's a great encouragement to continually seek out prayer for things. Um, so, yes. Yes. Um, that we as worldly people don't have control of anything, but through prayer, anything's possible if God's in control. Yes. Okay, I like that. So if God's in control, anything's possible. Um, and by, by our own means, thing, not everything is possible. Yes. Thank you for that. Um, so one thing that I'd like to bring back up, and I think somebody brought it up earlier, is we were talking about this father, um, and after all these circumstances, the father and the boy still had hope despite these circumstances that they were in. So I want to ask you guys all tonight, do you think that we still see that today, that despite uh, what I would say our terrible circumstances, we can still have faith in the Lord that he will pull us out of those things? Do we still see that today? Yes? yes? Good. Okay. Um, oh yeah, I probably shouldn't whistle in the mic. Okay, so what might that look like today to still see hope in those difficult circumstances? It's what carried me through COVID. Okay, yeah, sure. Hope can carry us through COVID. Absolutely. What else might it look like to have hope in troubling times? Jesus. Yes, Jesus. And Father too. And the Father. Don't forget the spirit. Men that Dean followed. Yes. Um, I forget exactly how it's said, but I think Paul said, you know, through trials and God builds character. So, you know, even though we're going through something, you know, that might not be good in the moment, um, in the future it'll, it'll help us to grow as a person. Okay. So the trials can help us probably grow more uh, spiritually? I think it speaks to the power of prayer because when all else failed, prayer was all that was left for them. And I think right now we need to focus on, we need praying and the power that comes through that. Absolutely. So yeah, when everything else fails, go to prayer. Or maybe go to prayer first and then you don't have to worry about everything being a failure. Um, so then you can save your... Okay, I'll sit there with you when we're done up here. So a couple other questions. So one, has anyone here maybe had an experience personally or maybe someone you've known that's maybe been in a difficult time and having that hope in the Lord got you through it? Would you maybe be willing to share a, a personal story? Yes, in the back. Yes, I'm Rachel. Um, this is my second time here. And my youngest son, Jeremy, had a near drought. Lazarus from the dead, 
Oh, praise God. Yeah. Praise God. Yes. Thank you, Rachel, for sharing. Um, anyone else had an opportunity to, I guess, hold on to faith in a troubling time? All the way in the back. Yes. Oh, uh, Aaron. Oh, hi, Aaron. I can relate to this story many times when I have problems because I always try to fix it first in my ways. Okay. Yes. True. Um, so uh, let me do this. So what, my last question, and then uh, we'll, have, we'll, well, yeah, we'll have worship come up. So how might this story help us in the future uh, as we might be going through a difficult time? Offer prayer. Yes. Okay. So prayer. Yep. He's going to get you through. Okay, yep. Yes. When I was seven years old, I fell in a reservoir and it had slender sides, and I just slipped out toward the middle. My mother jumped in and tried to save me, and she couldn't get close to the side because every time her feet touched the bottom, she was back out. Finally, she knew it when the pastor said, Trust Jesus. And when she stepped out, felt went through her mind and her feet stepped on the side, and she could pull me up. And around the edge of this big reservoir, this little Mexican man came through the tall leaves and he went around and handed out this long bamboo stick or something, I don't remember. And then he pulled me out, and then my mother, and then she bent down and quiet my little sister that was screaming. And then she straightened up and swung around to say thank you. And there was no one inside. Thank you for sharing that with us. Okay. So, um, if you would all like to spend more time in this story, which I highly recommend, I, also, I always recommend the, the kids to read the stories because there's a lot more to, the, to this story than just what we were able to talk about tonight. Uh, but tonight, we were in Mark chapter 9, and we did verses 20 through 29. Um, so, that's, that's what I have for you guys tonight. So, I think we, we have a closing song. Yep. Oh, oh, yeah, I'll pray. Let me pray. Yeah, let's pray. All right. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for this uh, evening. Uh, Father, thank you for all of us uh, that could be here tonight um, and just uh, partake in your word. Uh, God, I pray that all of us uh, were just filled by this time. I pray, Lord, that as we continue uh, to grow in a relationship with you, Father, that we would just remember how awesome prayer is for us, Lord. Um, just the opportunity that we have to speak to you directly, Lord, and then uh, and listen for your word. Uh, We thank you for tonight, and we pray these things in your name.